Hi, this is Reverend Tommy, and I'd like to welcome you back to the garden where we explore the big questions about life. I invite you to open your minds and be receptive to seeing things differently. So let's get metaphysical. In integral Christianity, you know, uh, I told you before that one of the things that I really, when I first came to Unity, that I really, really liked is that, and I went back home and told my wife, the strangest thing happened to me today. I said, what? She said, I went to church and I learned something. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so today, I think you're going to learn something. Last week, I talked about healing America. And I asked the question, what direction are we going in anyway? And I'm not political. I don't want to get in politics. But I may have touched on a couple of sensitive topics. Uh, but the bottom line remains, are we going forward or backward here? And the following day, as you know, there was another mass shooting this week. And that's over 300 since January. And President Biden was addressing the nation later that evening. And, and he sounded like he had come to our service. I don't remember seeing him. Did, did anybody see Joe here? <laughs> Because I don't remember seeing him. But he said something to the effect of, given all the events that have been taking place later, lately, one has to wonder if we're going backwards. And I said, that's what I said, Joe. <laughs> but then he commented, no, he doesn't believe that we're going backwards. And neither do I. Because that is not the natural flow of life. But in the spiritual perspective, the question remains, what is going on? Well, first of all, we have to remind ourselves that Globally speaking, the percentage of people that are, seem to be taken as backwards is very, very small. But, but the media likes to focus on that, and so that's mostly what we hear. That's one thing. But from a higher vibration, which I want to talk about today because we're a spiritual center. From a higher vibration, from a bigger picture, picture, there is something unfolding taking place, which I might reluctantly refer to as divine order. Now, I say reluctantly because unity people tend to use everything's in divine order all the time in, in, in a sense that makes it sound like it's predetermined or something. Uh, and, and, I, and I don't want to you know, do that. But I do agree that there is a general positive flow in, in the positive higher direction all the time. But the I don't know if you remember, but when you signed up to come to this planet, they gave you a little button. It's an override button. You can override that, that general good momentum that, that God has for us. You have an override button. And, and we, we do that in our ignorance. So but that's why we might remind ourselves of our fifth principle, because that's when we get to put things into action. And so for that reason, I introduced the lighting of the, of the candles into the service so that we weekly remind ourselves what divine order really is. And, and, and the chaplains do a wonderful job, by the way, of that. And anyway, in any case, that, that's the higher flow that I want to talk about this week. Uh, so let me tell you what brought me about to this conversation, other than the events. Uh, there's two books that I have that I've been wanting to share ideas from with you. The first one is called Birthing a Greater Reality, a Guide for Spiritual Evolution. The second one is called Integral Christianity, The Spirit's Call 
to evolve. And you note they both have a common word in the subtitle, evolution and evolve. So they're both inferring that we are moving into a new and higher state of awareness. And these two books have something else in common. And that's what we're going to learn about today. They both refer to a theory called integral theory. Who has heard of integral theory? Two, three people, four people. Good. Then it, today's a good day. It comes from, and now integral theory is not just about religion, theology, whatever. It applies to all fields, economics, whatever. It doesn't matter what it is. The theory comes from a man whose name is Ken Wilbur. And in the book says he is the most famous contemporary philosopher and mystic you have never heard of. <laughs> because who's heard of Ken Wilbur? <laughs> but besides, I mean, Liz is a Ken Wilbur fanatic. And when she heard about this, she said, oh, I love it. Talk about it. I've been what? reading him since like 1987. <laughs> Here's how Mr. Wilbur describes integral theory. Uh, hold on for a minute. <laughs> the word integral means comprehensive, inclusive, non-marginalizing, embracing. Integral approaches to any field attempt to be exactly that, to include as many perspectives, styles, and methodologies as possible within a coherent view of a topic. In a certain sense, integral approaches are meta-paradigms, or ways to draw together already existing number of separate paradigms into a network of interrelated, mutually enriching perspectives. <sighs> that is a left brain bull. <laughs> let, let me tell you what it is in simple English. <laughs> it means taking existing points of view, bringing them together to create a bigger, broader point of view. Now, I came up with this idea to help explain that. Imagine that you're building little puzzles, and the puzzle has a picture. I mean, it's complete within itself. But then you put all the puzzles together, and you end up with a bigger puzzle, with a bigger picture. So integral is something like that. And that's kind of something that we do at Unity. Because we say we draw from and honor all paths to spirit. We're bringing all that in. And upon rereading the book, I can see that our version of Unity, because depending on where you go in Unity, you know what they, what they say in Unity? The good news about Unity, it's wide open. The bad news about Unity, it's wide open. <laughs> so wherever you may go, you may have a different interpretive version of unity. Uh, but it seems like we're naturally heading towards an integral uh, model. It's a model, actually. Let me tell you something about the author first, about this book. His name is Reverend Paul Smith. I don't know if he's still there, but he was a minister at Broadway Church in downtown Kansas City for 50 years. He began as a Southern Baptist. A Southern Baptist. Imagine that. And since that, he has evolved the church into one of the very few integral churches that there are in the US. That is an amazing transformation from, that, from, from Baptist to what he's doing. The general approach to integral theory is that we evolve through stages. And in every stage, we take the strength of that stage and disregard 
the weaknesses, the limitations of this stage, and then create a new one, a bigger one. So that's what we keep doing over and over. And Reverend Smith has done exactly that. And when I first read the book, you know, I have this thing that I, I mark books. Oh, this one's real. I mean, like, I mean, I mark books like that. You know, just notes after notes after notes. And I also put the date when I buy a book. I, this is 2012. I said, it's been that long since I read that? So I started to reread it. And I said, man, this is a fascinating book. And I think, and, and it reminds me very much about how I came into unity. And I've told you that before, because I got into unity. I said, you know, my feeling growing up a Catholic Christian was that something was right about Christianity, but something was wrong about it. And I could never put my finger on it. And then coming into unity, that really helped me out. And now I realize that it's not about right and wrong. As it turns out, is that the people that were trying to explain Christianity to me were at a different stage than I am. And it didn't make sense to me. So I kind of disregarded it. But the book kind of points that out. And the, the whole key to this evolutionary process is not to throw the baby out with the bathwater. So yeah, there's good stuff there, but some of it doesn't work. And as an introduction to this book, Reverend Smith says, I love God, I love Jesus, I love the church. So that's still that Southern Baptist in him, you know? But he also says this, however, I have had a lifelong lover's quarrel with the church. <laughs> this has motivated me for over 50 years to seek a new and improved church. And he says, some years ago, I found a name for what I was attempting to do in my Christian path. It's called integral philosophy. And for me, anytime I come across a word that I don't know, I have to look it up. I have to. I've been doing this for years. So when it comes to philosophical words that I don't know, all the more the curiosity is like, what is that stuff? So I looked it up. And I said, wow. So I started reading the book. And you know, anytime you revisit something, you always see it differently. Because, why? Because we're not the same person. We're evolving all the time, continuously. Even if it's a small deal from day to day, from month to month, year to year, whatever it is. So 10 years, yeah, I kind of changed a lot in 10 years. I wasn't a minister then. I wasn't LUT. I, was, I, was, I think I was a board president, actually, at that time. So I started reading again. And I decided that this is really mandatory reading for anybody in unity. It really is. And so much so that I thought, I, I want to do a study group on this book because there's so much there. And what I started doing was, uh, I, I started going to the park right here at Legacy uh, in the morning. And it's beautiful out there. It's not hot, actually. It's a little breeze, and you're in the shade. And I've been reading that. And you make this connection. You know, when you're outside in nature, it's just different. You make this connection. And not being really in the book, I said, wouldn't it be lovely to be able to get together once a week, 10 o'clock in the morning here, someday, whenever you all want, and, and read some of this book together? Because there's so much to share and to learn. And you know, it's one of those things like, like really, really good cheesecake. Like you get on. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> You can, you can only have a little bit at a time, and you go like, ooh, that's good. So <laughs> that's, that's how the book is. 
You know, you read two, three sentences or something, and like, all right, hold on for a minute. Uh, but it's fascinating. And one of the things that, that, especially for the people, I told you that I always had this love of Jesus in his life. I don't know how many times I've apologized over the years to Jesus because I, I, I never had that, you know, you're my savior attitude. But I loved his life and, 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 and the message of simplicity, of love, of forgiveness. I said, that's the right part about it. The other stuff that's made up, I, I can live without. So it points out there that there's, we are evolving not only as individuals, as I said before, but collectively as well. So that takes me back to the original question. Where are we? Where are we going with all this stuff that's going on? And fortunately, that's one of the questions he addresses right off the bat, the beginning. He says, he refers to what he calls himself a spiritual positioning system, like a GPS, global positioning system, but he calls it a spiritual posi positioning system to kind of get an idea, where are you? Where are we in this development uh, in our spiritual growth type thing? And, and how, we, how do we, we want to get to where we want to go? It's like a road map almost. And part one of the book, and that's all I'm going to talk about today is part one because it's just too much. He talks about the different stages that we have gone through, both, again, as a church and as individuals. Because remember, Charles Fillmore said, we are always living our consciousness. We can't help but to live anything else other than wherever we are, whatever state we may be in. And then he works further and says, there are five components to the stages. And they represent the different parts of the book. And they are stages, as I said, of spiritual development. The second one is states of spiritual awareness. The three basic standpoints, shadow work, doing that shadow work, psychological healing, and steps to transformation. And as I said, I'm only going to talk about the stages today. And the, the six stages are this, tribal, warrior, traditional, modern, postmodern, and inter integral and beyond. And he also describes them as, and I'll put them with the, uh, with the stages, tribal fantasy, warrior fighting, traditional fitting in, postmodern flourishing, postmodern flourishing, postmodern fulfilling, and integral and beyond frontier in the frontier. And it's important to note that these stages are natural progressions for us. They just are. No stage is better or worse than any other one. They're just simply steps in our evolutionary process. I'll give you one example. The first one, tribal. The tribal state, religiously, is the Old Testament. I mean, like, way back there at the beginning, which there were 12 tribes in Egypt, right? Or, I mean, in Israel, whatever. And, and, and in our growing... The tribal state is when we're infants because we depend on our family, our tribe, to exist. We can't be without it. That's where we are, at that tribal state. But at that tribal state, you're also completely egocentric. I mean, it's all about me and what I need. I don't care what you're doing, mama. 
I need to be changed or fed right now this second. So that's the tribal mentality. It's very ego-centric. And he says that most all churches have a dominant center of a stage. They were all somewhere. And, there's some, and within the congregation, there's some that are, most, most of them are there. Some are a little before, and some are at the stage of moving on. And, and that's the same for everybody. So along with the stages, then he assigns um, these uh, common beliefs among the stages that apply for Christians. Because remember, he's, he's very Christian, and it's about Christianity. Uh, and, and he uses what, where each stage is in these uh, topics. The Bible, God, Jesus, prayer, sin and salvation, heaven and hell, and the kingdom of heaven. And we all go through these things. So one final note about this book, because again, like I tell you, it, it really is, but it's fascinating. I don't know how many times I just sat there and go like, wow. Because what I'm trying to do here with this study group is for, formulate a, a bigger picture within ourselves, a common picture that most of us have so we can understand where we are as a group and, and be more, more cohesive. So that moving forward, we know where we've been, we know where we are, we know where we're going. You know, it's just kind of to solidify the consciousness. I told you that a long time ago. Every church has a consciousness. Every group has a consciousness. The tribal mentality, the hell's angels, whatever, they have a consciousness. We all do, and we do too. So one final thing about this is that the modern era which was the uh, tribal, warrior, traditional, then modern. The modern era only started about 300 years ago, which is the age, reason and the age of enlightenment, when science and all this stuff started taking over. Unity is part, was born in the modern era. But it says that 60 to 85% of the world's population has not gotten to the modern stage yet. They're in the one of the three. So 75% of the population on the planet are basically have a consciousness spiritually of medieval times, essentially. And again, it's not to be critical. It's just to point out that maybe that's why we don't have so many people in unity because <laughs> most of the people, they can't relate to what we're talking about. They just can't. So we, we were brought up in that modern era, but we also have elements of the postmodern. But, and we like to think of ourselves, or I do, as the leading edge consciousness. But we have to remember that that leading edge is moving. And we have to keep moving too. Otherwise, you know, that's, uh, we'll get left behind. So at the very end, it's, it's, it, it says that we're moving into this integral and beyond stage. And this is what it says. It said, it should be no surprise that integral and beyond Christianity is essentially a mystic's Christianity. Wilbur says, a mystic is not someone who sees God as an object. A mystic is one who is immersed in God as an atmosphere. So that you, it's a zone I was telling you about. He talks about zone. That's the next section. Next week, I'm going to talk about another part of the book that I did a lesson once on, and it's called The Three Faces 
of God. And that is really interesting. It, it really is. It's like a Trinity thing, but it makes so much sense, the way he sees things. And we are getting to the point in our stages of moving on where we see God in everything. That's the challenge for you advanced people. <laughs> that is a challenge. Can you see God in everything and everyone? And when you're sitting out there at, at the park, I mean, you, you read a little bit and, then you, and you listen to the birds and you hear sounds and you watch the guys with the sailboats and stuff and you just see God in everything. And, it, and it's a wonderful thing. So if you are interested in doing this book with me, uh, let me know. I'll do a sign-up sheet or something. So I want to close out by just having you close your eyes for just one moment. And take a deep breath and say, thank you, Spirit, for this wonderful spiritual community that is Unity Spiritual Center, Georgetown. We are so grateful to be of open heart and of open minds and receptive to new ideas and new ways to see the vastness of this infinite universe. Because as we remain open, we continue to expand and ever more towards that place where we truly can see God in everything and in everyone. And so it is. Mm -hmm.